Amen. If you've got a Bible, I want to ask you this morning to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read a verse or two out of that. It's an introductory. And then we're going to get over in Romans 1 where I'm going to preach from. And while you're turning there, you know, I am a child of God. The Bible tells us something I want us to look at. We were singing that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. How fearful is it is to be ignorant, to be not able to say you know God. Because the Bible says when we say we know Him like a father. And listen to what Paul said. It goes with that song we just sang so good. He says in Romans 8, chapter 15, this is just extra this morning. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Amen. Think about that. We didn't receive a spirit of bondage as in slavery to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption to whom we now cry out, Abba, Father. That word Abba just means like Daddy. <laughs> That's how we know God. You know how we know that? It says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I don't know about y'all, but ain't it good today that the Spirit of Christ within us bears with that spiritual aspect of who we are, that you're my child. You've been adopted. I paid the price and redeemed you and set you free. You're no longer a slave. You are a child of God. I don't know about y'all. I could preach on that and just forget about what I had. Amen. But we ain't going to do that. We're going to look this morning. And you know what? It's Christmas time. We're kicking off the Christmas for the family of God together here as we eat today. And we're going to be eating a meal here in a minute. And I was thinking, you know, about Christmas and everything and how it is and how it's become. And I would think about how it can be in one way or the other. But I got to thinking, have you ever thought about why we give gifts at Christmas? I made the mistake of Googling that. You know what? There's a lot of things that they say why we gave gifts. But the origin of where most theologians that we could trust, <laughs> Billy Graham even says, comes from when the wise men came. And, you know, if you read the Christmas story more and just take time to really settle in on it and read it over and over, you learn new things each time. You know, I can remember when I first learned that the wise men wasn't actually at the nativity scene. It was year so later, he was a toddler by the time they got there. But I want you to remember that it was the wise men who gave gifts to Jesus. And that's why we celebrate gift giving in the Christmas season when we remember the birth of our Savior. But I want you to remember this. As we kick off this sermon, I want you to think about it. It says, now after Jesus was born in chapter 2, verse 1, in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. And look what they said, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to do what? Worship him. What we don't need to forget is Christmas is primarily about worship. It's a time when we worship the king of the Jews, Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah. And friends, the gifts we're giving as an act of worship. So whatever we do in our giving should be thought of as a way to express worship 
to the one who gave us the greatest gift that you'll ever receive, the gift of his salvation. Because look at what it says in verse 10. It says that when they finally found him, it says when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And friends, you know what? When you take time to think about the one who that star shined for, the one who it represented, no matter where you are, no matter what life's going through this year, you ought to be able to rejoice with exceeding joy because of him. No matter how bad it may be here, I'm going to tell you what, this is as bad as it gets if you've been saved. We're going to be forgiven. We are forgiven. We're going to be with him. And listen to what it says. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child. And guys, that's what Christmas is about. It's about this young child who was born in Bethlehem of a virgin named Mary. And he was with his mother Mary. And look at what they did. They fell down and they worshipped him. And this is where everyone that I looked at, that I trust, as a commentator, as a theologian, says gifts originated, or at least this is where it should originate from as we celebrate Christmas, right here. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Father, today as we look at Blessing people with spiritual gifts at Christmas. Things that make eternal differences. Things that worship and bring honor and glory to Jesus and not us. If we really are celebrating his birthday, our gifts should be given to him and for him. So Lord, show us today how we can bring gifts that honor him and bless him this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want you to look at with me a verse in the book of Romans. It's not a traditional Christmas verse, but we're going to use it for one. Because anywhere you look in the Bible, it all traces back to Jesus. Can I get an amen? He's the whole thing, the reason the Bible was written. Apostle Paul said this. He was longing to go to a church he'd never been to. And as he was going to see them, he said in verse 11, For I long to see you. There's going to be people that are precious to us this year that we don't get to see very often. And then there's going to be some people that are precious to us that we are going to get to see. But when you get to spend time with people who are family, who are special, who become part of that special day when we recognize, when we take time to bring to attention that a Savior was born, Christ Jesus, the Lord of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, who was God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, whoever you spend it with ought to be people you long to be with. Amen? There ought to be people who mean something to you. And, and to be someone who wants you to be with them, that's a blessing in itself. But when we gather together, what do we usually give people? Another pair of socks? A new bicycle? Man, if your child gets the hottest gift that they're after this year, the newest video game on the market, none of that can compare to eternal life. 
None of that compare to spiritual blessings that strengthen the faith that give you eternal life. So I want to make a, a, a challenge today. This year, instead of just giving, it's nothing wrong with giving gifts and celebrating. I hope I got a tree somewhere with my name under it. Amen. But if that's your whole purpose of experiencing Christmas, you're going to be disappointed. Because I got enough socks. Amen. And my sister likes to give me ugly things. <laughs> that when I wear them, she takes pictures and then you know, y'all see where she puts them on that Instagram junk. But guys, listen. That's all in love and that's good. That's family tradition. But nothing takes the place of sharing spiritual gifts at Christmas time. Now, what are you talking about, preacher? I want you to look at what Paul said. And I want us to get into the heart of the Apostle Paul. For he said, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. You know what? If we want to encourage one another and establish one another, that means to strengthen our mutual faith in Jesus. I hate to tell you this, but spiritual things are going to have a lot more impact than material things. And what we've done, my friends, if we're not careful, we forgot what the holidays are about. There's people who don't want to call it Christmas no more. They want to call it holidays. And they're so ignorant and uninformed that they think they want to change it to. They don't realize it's still holy. <laughs> we don't want to call it Christmas no more. It's got Christ in it, for God's sake. So let's call it holidays. Well, I got news for these liberal bunch. Holidays are about God. That's why we call them the holidays. The word holiday comes from two old English words, holy and day. Now, I'm not the smartest cookie in here, but I can tell you what, if you put holy and day together, you get the word holiday. Can I get an amen? That's where it come from. And when they hear this, they're going to change it. They ain't going to call it a holiday no more. Because I want you to think about this. The word originally referred only to special religious days, whether they want to admit that or not. In modern use, it has come to mean any special day of rest or relaxation as opposed to normal days away from work or school. Just because you get out of school and you get out of work, that don't make it a holy day, a holiday. But when it's the birth of Christmas, it's a holiday. They write, amen? So go tell them. Brother Marvin said they write. So I'm going to call it a holiday, but I'm also going to call it Christmas. How about you? Now I want you to think about what we've done to Christmas. The modern secular style of holiday celebration has replaced God. That's why they're so quick to call it a holiday. You see, the main cause for the holiday blues is the secular influence that has turned the holidays into a consumer-driven celebration that has replaced the spiritual purpose for why we have a holiday in the first place. We didn't declare a holiday to be Christmas trees with presents under them. How that got there, I ain't here to tell you this morning. Go Google it yourself. I ain't here to tell you about a red man in a suit. I'm here to tell you about the man that died on not a Christmas tree, but on the tree of Calvary for your sins. That's what Christmas is about. But guys, listen to this. Materialism has crept in because materialism is of the world. The things of God, the things of the Father do not honor Him I mean, do not go along with the world. The things of the world don't honor the Father. I had it backwards. Now listen, what is materialism? Let me give you a good definition. The tendency to consider material possessions and physical comfort as more important than spiritual values. Now guys, listen, you may get every gift on your list. Your kid may think he's happy as can be because all his list was answered by you know who. 
But guys, listen. If he doesn't realize that Christmas is about Jesus, that it's about Christ, that it's a holiday, it's not just a week out of school, it's the reason we don't go to hell, that we get to go to heaven. And friends, I want you to think about this with me. When we are focused, and I wrote it because I think when you read it, it sets in better. When we are focused on material and temporal things more than God and spiritual things, we will always struggle with, to the ex true experience of the joy of Christmas. You know why a lot of people are struggling right now with Christmas? Because you're more worried about keeping up with the world's expectation. I got to get my kids all the best presents. I got to have all the pretty stuff. I got to do it all. Everything that we usually allow us to rob us of the joy of Christmas has nothing to do with the original intent of it. Have you ever worried about that? Your house don't have to be decorated just perfect. Your tree don't have to be perfect. All that stuff helps. But in the end, none of that stuff matters if you lose the focus of Jesus. That he was born. That he came to earth. And Paul said something that I think we need to catch hold of here. Paul said... That we are able to be able to bless others spiritually by what Christ has done for us. That we can impart. I want you to look at this. Now I'm where I want to be. Jesus said, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. But guys, you know what? Sometimes giving can be your receiving. That you don't think you can receive. You aren't receiving what you want unless you get to give what you want. And you know what? Because of financial <laughs> reality, you don't always get to give what you wish you could give to your kids. You don't always get to give what you wish you could give to your wife materially. But you know what? In the end, because we've been saved, because we've been filled with God, you can always give them what really matters at Christmas. Now look at this. Because we are saved, you may not realize this, you may not believe it. But because you are saved, you are saved by the grace of God. Your life has potential to bless everyone you encounter. Because God's already gave you the greatest gift. And, he, and with that gift came all the spiritual blessings of the heavenly places, Paul tells us, that are in Christ Jesus. Now I don't know about you. Whether I have money and I don't know what's in that envelope and I won't never know because Diane's got it. <laughs> she knows I'm playing. My poor wife, she, I put her through it, don't I? But you know what? It don't matter what's in that envelope because the greatest thing we got to give our grandkids and anybody that comes to our house ain't what we can buy with that. It's what Jesus bought at Calvary. It's what the blood bought. It's what Jesus came for. Not... So we could have a tree full of presents. Although we got grandkids coming to find their name under there. Amen. It ain't because of the red man. It's because of the holy one. And friends I want you to understand something this morning. The blessing power of spiritual gifts are beyond what we think. Look what Paul said. Paul said for I long to see you. How many of you got someone you're looking forward to seeing at Christmas? You're going to spend time with. Well this year instead of being focused on the perfect gift to put under the tree. Think about the gift that you never say anything about. Jesus. He said, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. 
The NIV says to strengthen you. The King James says to establish you. It literally means the New Living Translation says that will help you grow strong in the Lord. You know what your kids need more than anything, parents? They need to be established in the faith. They need to grow strong in the Lord. And if your kid knows more about Santa and more about Christmas trees and has been more focused about the shopping list that he wants to give to him, then Jesus, something's wrong in your house. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to show you the true meaning of what Christmas is about. And friends, listen to this. We all have what it takes to give Jesus away because we have him. He is our gift. Now I want you to look at what Paul says in the verse below that. He says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, or that you may be strengthened in your faith, so that you may grow strong in the Lord. But look at that next verse. That is that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. You know what would encourage us more than anything? Now I'm going to be encouraged when I sit down in a little while because I've ate some of y'all's cooking. But that'll be gone before I get home and and take my nap in my chair. But you know what encourages us? Is when our mutual faith is made the priority of everything we do. Paul said, I long to visit you so that I can bring a spiritual gift to you that will help you grow strong in the Lord. And and in that next verse he says, making, he says that, I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. You know, the greatest thing we've got in this room has nothing to do with our wallets. It has nothing to do with our retirement. It has to do with Jesus. It's it's our mutual faith. And what we ought to do is do everything we can to help impart faith to one another so that we can strengthen it, so that we can be encouraged in it. Listen to what the Bible says. It's not about us. Christmas is about others. This is the mind of Christ. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Look at what it says above it. Let nothing be done from selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. May I tell you that the spirit of Christ is when Christmas is no longer about you, but it's about others. When when you are to the place where you truly are more concerned in making other people's Christmas special more than yourself, you are getting close to the mind of Jesus. The attitude of Christ. Now, friends, I want you to think about it. What would the mind of Christ want to give away? Another cool pair of socks? A new bike? A new video game? Or would he want to give away spiritual things that help to encourage, to establish, and strengthen our faith in him? I'm telling you, if you want to bless Jesus, it's his birthday. (laughs) Give something that he will like. You know what he will like? Things that bring him glory. Things that he gets the attention for. You ever notice the secular version is like a replacement to Jesus? It's like Jesus wasn't enough. So we had to come up with this other stuff to make Christmas more exciting. 
How can it ever be more exciting than God's son was born? And he that was God became flesh. And what had grew and was born as flesh didn't become God. He was always God. And he came and he lived and he humbled himself. And that's what the verse below that says that Jesus, though he was God, didn't take that as something to hold on to, but that he gave away that great privilege as God and he humbled himself and he took on the appearance of a man. And being a man, he humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross. And because of that, God highly exalted him and gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father. What made Jesus king is that Jesus made us more important than himself. That's unbelievable. God, the creator, put us before himself. And friends, I don't know about y'all, that blows my mind. That makes me think, how can I be worried about what's under the tree when I've already got what was provided at the tree? I'm saved. When I was a kid, I'm not going to lie, it was all about Christmas. Christmas was like, it seemed like forever to get there. And it was all about what I could get, what was under the tree. And I started giving my list early. Me and my brother, by the time we was pretty not old, we done learned how to find all our stuff. We done played with it. We was experts. We even know how to put it back in there where mama couldn't tell. We got a shotgun one time and we shot it. Daddy looked at it Christmas night and said, who shot this gun? I didn't know you could tell when they'd been shot and been brand new. He said, the barrel's dirty. Boy, we was was bad. But Christmas was important, but it was important for the wrong reason. I was telling Diane, I was just thinking about Christmas. At our house, Christmas Eve, we went to my Uncle Lewis and my Aunt Dot's. It was right through the woods. It wasn't even a quarter mile. In the wintertime, when the leaves was gone, you could see the lights from our house to their house. In the summer, you couldn't. But boy, in the winter, we'd go over there and we ate gumbo and everybody came. And we always knew that while we was at Aunt Dot's eating gumbo, for some reason, Santa came to our house. And when we came back from there at about 10 o'clock, He'd already showed up. Well, one year, we seen a go-kart at the West Nardo. And those go-karts was lined up across the West Nardo. And me and my brother, boy, we'd go down there. The IGA grocery was right here. Mr. Gary Pennington ran it. And Mr. Buddy Pennington ran the West Nardo. And he had them go-karts lined up. Boy, all the kids was looking at them. And me and Greg said, we want a go-kart. We want a go-kart. Daddy said, oh, y'all don't need a go-kart. I can't afford two. We'd have had a two-seater. We'll give up both our presents. We'll give up everything. If we can get that go-kart. Boy, Daddy said, you ain't getting no go-kart. Man, we was over at Uncle Lewis's. We was watching through the woods. <laughs> we seen Daddy when he left. We said, oh, he's coming. As soon as we got there, we said, we flew, we ready, let's go. We come home, the go-kart was sitting in the carport. Man, we jumped in that go-kart. My cousin Calvin cranked it. Boom. We took off. We made two laps around the driveway, and it locked up. <clears throat> Daddy was holding the rope. It wouldn't even move. Man, he said, I don't know what's wrong with it. They looked at it. There was no oil in it. They forgot to put oil in Daddy never checked it. Man, I want to tell you what. Christmas went south fast. We was crying. Mama was crying. Daddy was mad. When we went to bed that night, we thought our brand new go-kart done blowed up. Daddy said, it's locked up. It's ruined. We'll have to go wait and get another motor. Man, we went to bed that night. We got the next morning. Guess what? Santa showed up. Brought a new motor and put on the lawnmower. 
I mean, on the go-kart. We got on that go-kart, man, me and my brother, we thought we had the best thing in the world. I can remember that go-kart. It seemed so fun. But you know what? I don't remember what happened to that go-kart. I don't even know what. I remember it caused a lot of trouble, me and my brother fighting over who drove and who rode. But I remember later down the years, Daddy told me the story. He says, well, I called Buddy that night. I said, Buddy, y'all didn't put oil in that go-kart and it locked up. My kids in the bed crying. He said, I got one left that didn't sell. He said, Huey, I sold seven of those things. And man, the next morning, we got out there and our go-kart was fixed. And we was told Santa fixed it. <laughs> man, you know, all that may be good and it makes for a good community story. I'm going to tell you something. If you think a broken motor is hard to fix, a broken heart, a dirt that is unclean, that is unsaved, is impossible to fix. But you know what? With all our Christmases, we never talked about Jesus. He was always at the back, and everything else was in the front. And guys, there's nothing wrong with getting go-karts and all the things like that, but guys, listen. Do not ever make the mistake of letting that replace Jesus. Look at this. The Bible says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Now I want to ask you, as we consider one another and we gather together for Christmas as the people of God, what can we do to exhort one another? That means encourage one another, just like Paul said. Now, I want you to think about this. Spiritual blessings are not shared randomly by chance. A casual and a careless approach will not result in our importing many spiritual gifts. Paul, you can tell, was purposeful. He was intentional. Listen to this. If we are to impart spiritual gifts to others, we must make a purposeful choice to do it. Would you agree with me? It's not going to happen accidentally. We should share Paul's goal of leaving spiritual blessings with everyone around us. So during Christmas, we will have opportunities to spiritually bless parents, children, friends, co-workers, neighbors, fellow Christians. My question is, how are we going to do that? So I want us to really look at your heart. With your Christmas plans that you have planned or what you usually do, Will others be strengthened and encouraged in their faith because of their time spent with you this holiday season? When they leave your house, will they know that Jesus is the reason for the season, not just because they read it on a shirt, because they watch it in action. Because the reason the secular version has taken over Christmas is those of us who know the meaning of Christmas has allowed it. Or it wouldn't have the grip on us that it does. And I want you to think about this. Ways to import spiritual gifts at Christmas. They're so simple. Have you thought about this? Pray together at your Christmas gathering. And I don't mean bless the meal. We all going to do that. Bless the meal we need. And if someone plays and gets too spiritual, we look at him like he should have prayed that this morning. This is the meal. But guys, listen, I'm not talking about just praying over the meal. Circle up as the family and praise God that your family knows Jesus. That Jesus can save anybody. If he can save Kanye West, he can save your family. And don't look at Kanye West as such a bad person. He saved you. <laughs> he can save anyone. But guys, listen. Go back to the meaning of why Jesus came. He came so we can have a relationship. See, a lost person can't pray to the Father. He don't know the Father. 
His prayer don't leave the room. It's only saved people whose sins have been forgiven that has a communion and a relationship with God. And I don't know about y'all, that's worth praying for. You know what? If we had that every year and we circled, even with the Christmas tree, Lord, we thank you we got a Christmas tree as a reminder of the tree that Jesus died on for us. Remember all that. Listen to this. This is a novel thing. Go back and read the story of Christmas together from the Bible. Man, go and read Matthew's version. Sit down. Read it in the midst of one another. Make a tradition of each year. Maybe the oldest grandchild that can read good enough gets to read it. And make it an honor to read and remember the Christmas story. Make it the focus of your gathering. Read the Christmas story together. You know, the sad thing is, most of us will go through Christmas. Not only will we not read it together, we don't even read it ourselves. And then we wonder, well, I read it three times this week, getting ready for this. And I'm getting ready to preach new sermons. And you know what? Every time I read it, I get a new insight. But there's some insights that I've never got over. Look, share your insights from the Christmas story with each other. Golly, read it together and then talk about it a little while, Shelby. What did you think in there was cool? What did you like about it? What kind of got your attention? And before long, you're talking about the true meaning of Christmas. Instead of, can I go play with my toy? And you know what? Most of them toys are stowed in the closet within a week. But if you ever get someone to fall in love with Jesus, that's forever. And so take time to share with one another the difference, the birth and the life and the sacrificial death of Jesus has made in your life. I remember when I was a kid, Christmas was all about gifts and getting. Then when I got older, and you didn't have that magical secular because you outgrow it. Christmas just became get out of work, party, hang out with people. It wasn't until I got saved at 33 that I began to realize what Christmas really was about. Because you know what the truth is? No one can really know the true meaning of Christmas if they aren't saved. You're always looking out, trying to get in. But listen, when you're saved, it should be enough. But guys, listen, all the people around us, saved or unsaved, need to be encouraged. They need their faith to be strengthened in the Lord. And they need to be reminded more than any time at Christmas that it ain't just about Christmas trees and gifts it's about the things that God did for us. And nothing is more important than what he did for us when he sent his son who died for our sins. Guys, listen to this. May you have a spiritually blessed Christmas. Did you get that? A spiritually blessed Christmas. Not just materially, but I pray you'll have the most food, you'll have the great gifts, you'll have it all. But if not... Even in the absence of those things, I pray that you'll still have the most important thing. But you know more than anything, I pray even beyond that you'll have a spiritual blessed Christmas, but that you'll be able to bless someone spiritually for Christmas. Because you know what? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Once I received Jesus, the joy of getting saved, do you remember when that happened, when you were born again? And man, you just fell in love with Christ and Christ became everything and now... Nothing can compare to when you got saved 
except when you help somebody else to get saved. When you impart that great gift, that spiritual gift, into another life, and that faith is strengthened, and they are encouraged, and they receive Jesus. That's the greatest thing we'll ever give someone for Christmas. Can I get an amen? So I just want to remind us, and we're going to have an invitation right now as Brother Jonathan comes up. I tried to preach quick, so I hope y'all listen fast. But if you're not saved, what a better time to get saved. Give yourself the greatest Christmas present of all. And you know what? As we're preparing and the musicians come forward, I had no idea that the Lord was stirring this on the heart of a young lady named Elena. But Elena gave me her Christmas poem this morning. And I read it, Elena, and I had to contain myself. I walked outside because I was going, amen, because it, it's my sermon on two pages of paper. Listen to what Elena wrote. This is by Elena Duval, October the 28th, 2019. Now, she got started on her Christmas early, amen. I bet she's going to have a real Christmas. Listen to what Elena wrote, Brother Shelby. The true meaning of Christmas is not the gifts under the tree or the man in the red suit who brings those gifts to us. The true meaning of Christmas is the one who lives inside of us. A lot of us get consumed with the material things which are meaningless. The most meaningful gift we can give ourselves is the gift of salvation. The true meaning of Christmas came to earth to show us the way to salvation, for he set the example for us. The true meaning of Christmas is celebrating his life and spreading cheer throughout the year. Let's remind people of what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. The love and the birth of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Let's give Jesus the best birthday gift by giving yourself the gift of his salvation. Man, I don't know about y'all. God's at work around here. Amen. Does that not go with what I had preached? So guys, listen. If you ain't saved, give yourself the greatest gift that Christmas offers. Get saved today. Give your heart to Jesus. Amen. And then if you are saved, celebrate that. Amen. Because it couldn't happen if he hadn't been born. So I don't know about y'all. Everything ain't the way we wish it might be. But I don't know. It's pretty good if you're saved. Amen. So let's celebrate Jesus. We're fixing to have a time of invitation. If someone needs to come, come. Maybe you want to come and thank God or pray. or Whatever God's put on your heart. The only reason you can come to God today is because God came to you when Jesus came and was born. So today, here's your day. If you need to come, come while we can. I'm going to pray, and when I get through, you be standing. And if you need to make a decision, today is your day. Come while you can. Father, we want to thank you for the great gift that Jesus gave through his life on the cross. Thank you that he was born. Thank you that he lived a sinless life. That he was a miracle-working God that lived in our presence, Emmanuel with us. But thank you more than anything, Lord, that he was willing to die but that he rose from the dead. He ascended back to the throne and he sits over all of creation as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he's our Savior. Thank you, Lord, for that. As we celebrate the one in the sound of my voice who's undone, who's a breath away from hell if he dies, help him today, Lord, to have the grace to come and receive Jesus. And for the rest of us, Lord, just fill our hearts with the joy of your salvation, of knowing you through Christ. Lord, we thank you for Christmas. Thank you for this special time of the year. Make it a blessing in our hearts that will spread and move into other lives. 
as it overflows in us. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, whatever you need to do, do it now. Help people to respond in Jesus' name. Amen.